like that. All right, everybody, welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show on the Basement Podcast. Hope y'all are having a good day, whatever day you're listening to this on, whether it be today, Friday, May 8th, or in the near future, next year, whenever. I just hope if you're tuning into this edition of the Logan Blackman Show on this beautiful May 8th edition of the Basement Podcast, man, we got some fun stuff planned for you today. Now, it's going to be a very simple day. Not really a lot of crazy things going on around the sports world. So, we've got like two things planned for you today. And one of those things is, of course, Friday Fun Day, where we go around, make a tier list about something random. No real rhyme or reason. Anything that we do for the tier list, it's just a whatever I find on the website. You go to tiermaker.com, look at something, and then... That's pretty much how I decide what tier maker list thing that I do for that day. Got inspired by John Leo. I've talked about before on the show. You was a co-host producer with him on On Press Row for about six, seven months, I would say. So I've gotten to know him pretty well. And when, when quarantine first started, when all the sports around the world got canceled or postponed or whatever... He started posting tier lists on his Twitter account. So he told me I had to start doing it as well on the Logan Blackman show. So I just do it on Fridays because, again, usually we do a unit of the week thing. But there's no real unity things going on right now. So I don't really have any. I mean, we give it to Swole Daddy, the, the, the mascot for the NC Dinos. But we don't have the music planks. Again, This is I, I'd have to edit it in in post which i really don't want to do so i'm just gonna go with the the tier list but if we did do unit of the week i i'm it would be swole daddy the mascot for the nc dinos which every time i see swole daddy pop up on my social media feed it makes me upset that i did not choose the nc dinos as my kbo team and on that note let's look at some scores around the kbo that have happened over the past few days. We talked about this on Wednesday of some score recaps. So let's go over some of the games that took place yesterday. We had Kia beating Kiwoom 8-5. Hanwa beating SK 8-4. Doosan finishing out the series against the LG Twins 9-3. Taking home the Jamsville Baseball Stadium. I think that's what it's called. Taking home that trophy. It beating the Twins 9-3 to get that rivalry off and running. Good win. Good start to the season for the Deuce on Bears. The reigning champions, which I did not know until I announced my allegiance. So I was like, ooh, I like this a lot. Uh, the Lote beat KT 7-3 and the NC Dinos still undefeated, beating Samsung Lions 8-2. Samsung is one of the worst teams in the league. They've struggled as of late. Haven't had a very good record. And NC took advantage of that. Their closest game coming in game two of the series where they played four to three. But game one and three, eight to two in game three, four to nothing in game one. Just light work for Swole Daddy in the NC. I almost said NCAA. NC Dinos. That we had some scores going on today, and they were much higher scoring this game this day than they were the past few days. We have two games that reached the double digits this morning. Samsung beat Kia in the battle of the big name brands five to five to zero. Samsung getting their first win of the season. Lote being SK in a dramatic game nine to eight. 
was the final score there with Lote getting a run in the 10th inning in a walk-off fashion to finish off the game. 13 hits for each team. Lote is 4-0 on the season. SK is 1-3. The NC Dinos continue their undefeated season start 4-0, beat the LG Twins 1, or that was the LG Twins record, 1-3. 3, 13-5 in favor of the NC Dinos. Started off, started off pretty slow. One nothing up until the bottom of the fifth inning, and then NC laid it on them. And the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings, NC scored 12 runs in three innings. Six runs in the fifth, two in the sixth, and four in the seventh. Now LG did put up three runs in the th- in the sixth to make it somewhat closer. At the time, it was seven to four, so it looked like a little bit of a comeback could be on, but then NC just completely shut down any thought of a comeback for the LG twins LG three one and three on the season Kiwoom beat Hanwa five to three Kiwoom moves to three and one on the season five to three was the final score two runs scored in the third inning by Kiwoom and it was just too much for Hanwa to deal with they didn't score a run until the seventh inning where they were already down three nothing they did tie it up three to three but then Kiwoom put up two runs in the bottom of the seventh to end out the game there. Kiwoom moves to 3-1 on the season. Then my Doosan Bears at home. Their first home games of the season. I guess, well, technically, yes. But they played in their home stadium the past three games against the LG Twins since they share a stadium. It was technically their away. But KT got their first win of the season. Smashing the Doosan Bears 12-3. Doosan got off to an early 2-1 lead. Then we go to the fifth inning, top of the fifth, KT put up six runs. And after the fifth inning, they just did not stop scoring. They scored 11 points in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Six in the fifth, one in both the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and two in the ninth. Just nothing Doosan could do there. Blowing the early two-run lead, or one-run lead, losing the game there. KT put up 22 hits in this game 22 hits mel rojas their dh for kt got four hits at five at bats got two runs two rbis and walked in the game just an overall dominating performance from kt 22 hits to eight to the deuce on bears hopefully the deuce on bears can rewrite the script tomorrow at 3 a.m against kt all the same teams will be playing each other tomorrow all at 3 a.m Oh boy, 3 a.m. Like Patrick in the SpongeBob SquarePants episode where he's like, who wants a Krabby Patty at 3 in the morning? That's what, yeah, that was the joke there. So, oh boy, 3 a.m., wake up for some KBO baseball. Then, of course, we got games on Sunday as well, all at midnight. Series continues into Sunday, and then new series will start up on Monday with the Doosan Bears taking on Lote on the road. NC Dinos will play KT on Tuesday, starting off the new series. Kia will play Hanwa, Samsung will play Kiwum, and SK will play the LG Twins. 4.30 a.m. are the times for that game. There's no games on Monday. This is all Tuesday morning, so you have a day off. Relax yourself. Stop getting so stressed out with the KBO Baseball League. But yeah, looking so good at the start of the season, Doosan struggled a little bit in their last game. NC Dinos looked to be a very 
very strong team this year, 13 to five in their last game, then putting up eight in their their third game, four and four in their first and second games. They look like a real threat to take the crown off of the Doosan Bears. Noah, your LG Twins stink. That's no other way to put that. I mean, yeah, Doosan may have had a worse run differential in their second game against K in their fourth game against KT. But at least we haven't lost three games. So, boom, Rosa. We've only lost two. So, we'll, t- we'll take that, I guess. But we weren't really planning on talking about that. We got to go in to our Friday fun day for the Logan Blackman Show here on the Basement Podcast. Basement Office Podcast. Before we do- delve right into that stuff, we got to go over the the Trice Weekly Weather Report on the Logan Blackman Show. If you're listening to it, Today on May 8th is 46 degrees right now and sunny. This is in Urbandale if you want to. If you're somewhere else, I'm sorry. I'll cover Urbandale and Cedar Falls. The wind coming out of the northwest or at the north at 15 miles an hour. Air quality is good. Feels like 39. There's a 10% chance of rain. Hopefully, that just stays as far away from here as possible because it is a beautiful day. Beautiful day. My dog Poppy, this little seven-month-old Cotton de Tuliar, is getting a haircut today. You've seen, if you follow me on social media or Snapchat mostly, you wouldn't know what she looks like. She's pretty hairy. She's getting a haircut today, so she's going to look completely different than what she normally does. But for your weekend, it's going to be 64 degrees tomorrow and sunny, which is perfect. And then windy and 55 on Sunday, and then Monday we'll come back at 55. But look forward to next weekend. Friday, 69 degrees. Saturday, 71 degrees Sunday 73 degrees we're just getting better and better weather as the time goes on and in Cedar Falls right now it's 45 degrees and sunny wind going to be picking up a little bit later today for your weekend in Cedar Falls 66 degrees on Saturday but then dips down in temperature quite a bit to 51 and windy on Sunday and in Cedar Falls next weekend 71 73 and 73 Wind's coming out of the north at 17 miles an hour for your Friday weather report. I don't even know if we did it on Monday now that I'm thinking about it. I just cleared out something that I needed. That's why you don't just blindly clear out things on your phone because I needed this for something later. But, oh, I got it right back. Never mind. We Gucci. We good. But let's go right into our Friday funding. Our our, uh, tier list that we got going for you today is the helmet tier list the nfl schedules got released yesterday last night to be more specific a lot of primetime games every single team has a primetime game one team has the most and there's quite a few who have only one but let's go through this and go through each helmet it's got all 32 teams we'll be ranking the helmets now there's nothing too extravagant with these helmets they still got the old helmets of the chargers and rams on here Still got the old helmets of the Buccaneers, Falcons. So this is in the Browns. It's all last year's helmets. So bear with me on this one. So let's start off with the very first helmet on the list. The Minnesota Vikings. The matte purple look on the helmet. The black face matte. That goes goes straight into S tier. That helmet's sweet. I love matte helmets. If you know me and my love for football helmets... I really like matte football helmets. So you got a matte helmet, there's a pretty good chance you could rank pretty highly on this list. 
Uh, what other teams do we have? Let's just go by division. So we got the NFC North. The Chicago Bears are the next one to pop up on this one. Legendary logo. Legendary helmets. Never changed throughout their history as far as I'm concerned. We'll put it up in the A tier, though. It's a good helmet. It's a good-looking helmet. It's going to be hard to rank these because none of these helmets are really disgusting. So I'm not really... I don't really think I can put any in F tier. Maybe I can. We'll probably sneak one in here. The Green Bay Packers. Legendary helmet again. Oh, jeez. For legendary status, we will keep it out of the F tier because I don't like the green and yellow. We'll put in C tier because it's a legendary helmet. The legendary status of the helmets never changed much like the Bears helmet. The NFC North has some very legendary helmets. Very legendary. Never really changed that much. The Lions are really the only ones that have changed it. And that's just because they tweaked the logo. The Vikings just made their helmets matte. The Bears and Packers have never changed it. So, just some legendary helmets. So one of the oldest, I think it is the, technically, the oldest division in football. At least the oldest rivalries, Bears and Packers. So, yeah. The Detroit Lions, silver with the blue lion. I mean, it's just nothing special. We'll throw, if I could grab it. Why is it not working? There we go. Throw it up in B tier. It's just nothing special. I rank it above the Green Bay Packers helmet, but it's not really saying a lot. I'm not a huge fan of the Packers helmet, but the Lions helmet is just kind of there. I don't know. Not a huge fan of the Lions helmet. Let's keep it in the NFC, North, South, East, West. Let's go to the NFC South. First one that popped up, the Atlanta Falcons. If we're judging off this helmet, actually, I'll just put it in A tier. I like the Falcons helmets. I really like them. I really, really like the Falcons helmets. Especially the new ones with the chrome face mask. It's like the only thing I like about the new uniforms. But I'll put it in A tier. Put it in A tier. Keeping this out, the Panthers, it's just a silver helmet. I'm going to put it with the Lions. Silver helmet tier, pretty much. Stick it with the Lions. Uh, what's our next team on this list? The Saints. Gold, black, legendary. We'll put that in A tier. We had the Saints uniforms pretty high in our uniform bracket list thing that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, and then we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, C tier. Yeah, that's my feelings towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers helmet. North, South, East, West, NFC East. We got the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I mean, I'm not, it's hard. We'll stick it in A tier. We'll stick the Cowboys helmet in A tier. I'm not going to explain it anymore than that because I'm going to injure myself. Philadelphia Eagles, they're going with the Packers and the Buccaneers helmet. That green color, I don't like it. I like the wing, but the color, I'm just not a, not a huge fan of. And the Washington Redskins, actually, you know what? We'll move the Eagles one up to B. I just don't like the Redskins helmet. Their uniforms are just gross. That maroon, dark red color, which is not great. I just don't like it. Now we move on to the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals, nothing special. We'll stick it up in B tier, I guess. Maybe we could stick it in C tier. I mean, it's just nothing special. Helmets are so hard to grade because there's only one thing you're looking at. I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I chose helmets. Helmets are hard. Rams, that one can go in F tier. That's my only F tier one, I guess. Because the reason why, this is the Rams white horn. So hopefully they change it back to the original well, I guess that is technically the original 
LA Rams uniform, but not the ones they won the Super Bowl in with Kurt Warner. When they were the St. Louis Rams at that time. Go back to those uniforms. We've said this on the uniform tier list. If you won in a uniform, don't change it. They won in the LA Rams uniforms while in St. Louis. They changed it. Lost to a massive underdog in the New England Patriots. Started their dynasty off. But the Rams, why they're an F, the horn was white on the helmet, but then you got the uniform with the gold horn. Like There were so many different things going on with the Rams uniform, so I'm so happy they're actually changing their uniform this year. San Francisco 49ers. Um, I mean, that's, that's like Jeff Garcia era 49ers helmet, but just for the 49ers helmet alone, we'll put that in S tier. Um, who else do we got on here? Where are the other? Oh, I got only one team left. Seattle Seahawks, uh, B tier. The little texture thing in the middle is not great. Not my favorite, but I like the matte style and I like the bird on it. So I guess B tier. (laughs) There's, there's, oh, I forgot the Giants. New York football Giants. We'll put them in A tier. Um, not really needing to explain that one that much. So yeah, this is the hard part because it's, it's helmets. Helmets are not incredibly easy to rank. Because again, you're only looking at one thing. You can't nitpick it that much. So, I don't know. Let's go to the NFC North. We'll start off with the Baltimore Ravens. It's way better than their helmet they had before that with the big, like, emblem on this, the shield thing on their helmet. So, that one goes. I like the Ravens helmet. I like the black helmet. A tier. Cleveland Browns. I mean, it's just there. It's not really anything special. It's like the Packers helmet. It's legendary, hardly ever changes, but it's a bra- it's an orange helmet. The actually, we're gonna drop that down to D tier because it, it's an orange helmet. Like what? There's nothing to critique here except unless you don't like the color orange, which I really don't like the color orange. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, A tier. The helm actually no, we'll put an S tier. The logo on one side of the helmet is a legendary thing. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. The black and gold. They've got one of the best uniforms in the NFL. Got one of the best helmets in the NFL as well. And the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, D tier as well. Uh, it's an orange helmet with stripes on it. Actually, no. We'll realize up to C tier. Yeah. I just don't. I'm not a huge fan of the color orange. I like the design. I like the, the tiger stripes, I guess. But... Yeah, it's nothing special. It goes in that tier with the Packers, Bucks, and Redskins. AFC South, we got the Indianapolis Colts. Just a plain white helmet. We'll put that in A tier, I guess. AFC South, continuing Tennessee Titans. I'm not a fan of the navy blue helmet. I still need to figure out if I like it or not. So, we'll put that in... We'll throw it in D tier. We'll throw it in D tier. I liked the white helmets. Navy blue helmets are, I mean... For the Titans, it just looks weird. Their history has been, throughout their history, it's been a white helmet. We look back at the Oilers, then you got the Tennessee Titans, and then they changed it to navy blue. I'm just not a, I don't know. I liked the white helmets more. Maybe I could throw that up on C tier. We'll throw the Titans one up in C tier. Uh, Who else do we got on here? Houston Texans, uh, B tier, I guess. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. If this was the gradient one, with the gold on the back of the helmet, this would go straight in F tier. Not even question, second thought about it. But since they went back to the all-black helmet, it's B tier. Because I like the all-black helmet for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It looks nicer. Their uniforms are so much better now than what they were 
a few years ago with the gold on the helmet. It was they were just terrible. Those were the worst uniforms in the NFL. And their color rush uniforms when Nike first started to do the color rush thing, that was terrible. Absolutely actually you know what i'm gonna move it down to c because the teal color i don't know we're gonna move it just keep it at c i don't care it's my tier list now we're in the afc east did i forget anybody nope we're all left with the afc east and west teams buffalo bills uh went from the red helmet to the white helmet back to well back to the white helmet went from white or red to white to red to white and now we're sticking back with the white Originally switched the helmet from red to white because their quarterback at the time, Joe Ferguson, was colorblind or is colorblind. So, yeah, they had to switch to white. They brought back the white helmets and their uniforms got better because in that early 2000 era Bills uniforms, the Drew Bledsoe, J.P. Lossman, Trent Ed, early Trent Edwards Bills uniforms, right, and even early Ryan Fitzpatrick were just terrible. So the Bills have to go in the A tier for the adjustment they made, and it looks a lot better than what it did. The Dolphins, uh, D tier, only because it's not the retro helmet. If it was the retro helmet, I would put it right in the probably S tier, but it's not. It's the ugly one now. I don't like the way the Dolphin looks on the helmet. It's not jumping through the hoop. It's jumping next to the hoop, which is what the Dolphins logo was looking like, the old one. It's a Dolphin jumping through the fire which is what the little ring is around it. He's jumping next to it. It might as well go in F tier, but we'll keep it in D tier because we're, we're feeling nice. The New England Patriots, I mean, B tier, I guess. I don't know. This, again, it's helmets are hard to critique like this. Uh, the New York Jets, New Jersey Jets. Um, at first, I hated the green, the all green look. I'm still not a huge fan of it. The only team in the NFL with a green helmet, I'll put it in C tier. I mean, it's not te- it's not as terrible as my initial reaction to the Jets uniform when it first came out. But I, it's starting to grow on me a little bit. I'm still not a fan of the green helmet. Because again, what did I say earlier? If you want in the uniform, don't change it. Joe Namath won the Super Bowl wearing the white helmet. And then for whatever reason, the Jets decided to go with the green helmet in the 90s. With the black trim and stuff, just just like, grow. It just said Jets on the side of the helmet, like it does now. And then they went back to the uniforms they won the Super Bowl in, and then they went back to their probably, arguably their worst era in their franchise, the Green Jets. If you look at they drafted Ken O'Brien instead of Dan Marino, they drafted Kyle Brady instead of Warren Sapp. Like you can look at all the bad moments in Jets here. They signed Neil O'Donnell to a monster contract. They had Boomer, uh, aging Boomer Esiason. Like, that team with those uniforms was terrible. Now we're going to go back to those uniforms, basically. And we're expecting better success. We're more success like we did in the, the 70s. In 60s. No, not happening. I don't like the green stuff. Now we're on to the AFC West, our final division here. Let's start off with the Broncos. Denver Broncos, the blue helmet, it just, I'm not a fan of orange. It goes in C. I'm not a fan of orange. If you've known me for long enough, you would know that my sister's room was completely orange. Like safety cone, traffic cone, high-vis vest, orange. Actually, high-vis vest is green, but you know what? The orange trim around it. It looked like a safety cone. 
It looked like a cap of a Gatorade bottle. It looked like an actual orange. It was disgusting. My dad was painting it at the time. He had to leave the room periodically because his eyes hurt from looking at the orange room as much as he did. That is crazy. That room was disgusting. So that is my reason for not liking orange. And I just don't like the Broncos uniforms anyways. Never really been a fan of the Broncos uniform with that big old stripe down the side of the, uh, the down the jersey and pants. Just not a huge fan of it. So it goes in C tier. The Kansas City Chiefs legendary helmet never changed. We'll put it up in A tier. We'll put the Chiefs helmet up in A tier. The LA Chargers. Um, this is with the navy blue face mask, which they haven't worn in two years now. So I don't know why that's on this list when we have the New York Jets green helmet on here. Last year, the Chargers rocked the yellow face mask because they rocked the powder blue uniforms. Now they are completely yellow face masks, but I guess they got a yellow one now. They got a number on the side of the helmet, all of that stuff. So LA Chargers with this helmet, we'll throw it up in A tier. We'll throw the Chargers helmet up in A tier. And the Oakland Raiders or the Vegas Raiders, the silver and black, that one goes up in S tier. That's a legendary helmet. The, the Raiders have one thing working for them, and that's their silver and black color scheme they got going on there. So that is my tier list in the S tier. We got Vikings, 49ers, Steelers, and Raiders. So just some legendary helmets there. I like the mat that the Vikings have. Purple and gold, you and I pride. You know, you got to do the hand signal every time you say you and I as well. A tier, we got the Bears, Falcons, Saints, Cowboys, Giants, Ravens, Colts, Bills, Chiefs, and the Chargers. B tier, we got the Lions, Panthers, Eagles, Cardinals, Seahawks, Texans, and Patriots. C tier, Packers, Buccaneers, Redskins, Bengals, Titans, Jaguars, Jets, and Broncos. D tier, Browns and Dolphins, and F tier, Rams. If you don't like that the Rams logo, Rams helmet is in the F tier, you're going to have to go and listen back to the podcast. Because I like the horn on the helmet, but it's the fact that it's the white horn and not the gold horn or the yellow horn. It didn't match the rest of the uniform, which is nitpicky. I don't really care. I like NFL uniforms. Uniforms and jerseys are just sweet. I want to look good. I don't like mismatching my uniforms. We did that in high school. Like, when we would go play at a grass field, so, like, if we played um, Lewis Central or North or someone like that, we would rock purple pants. The only problem was we switched uniforms to a more plain look my junior year. So, my junior year, we rocked purple with more of a yellow with white pants. Nothing on the pants. Different logo and everything. We changed, like, Johnson completely rebranded. They have even newer uniforms now that are way cooler than what we ever had in high school. But the year before that, my sophomore year, we had purple jerseys with white numbers. It was pretty much the same jersey, but with a gold trim around it. And then gold pants. Sometimes we rock white pants, sometimes we rock purple pants. But the purple pants were made with those jerseys. So when we would rock our purple pants... If we played Lewis Central or North in my junior and senior year, they had a gold J on the left leg. So like an actual gold J, not a yellow, like not like a Hawkeyes yellow. It was like a 49ers or Saints gold. 
on the side of the lake. We had yellow in our jerseys and on our helmets. We had numbers on the side of our helmets that were yellow. And then we throw on our jerseys, our white jerseys with the gold outline or yellow outline with the purple outline as well, purple numbers. And we throw on our purple pants with the old gold J on the side of the pants. It just looked stupid. So I would always try to find a pair of pants that didn't have the J on them. And that was another thing. Not all of the pants had it on there. So there were some people that rocked the J, some people that didn't. I always made a conscientious effort to go and find the pants that didn't have the gold J on the side of them. I just hate that mismatching thing in uniforms. I'm fine in doing that in wearing regular clothes. Like right now, I've got a Bills hat on that's royal blue and red and gray. And then I got a Labatt's Beer Brewhouse shirt on right now. That's gray, navy, blue, and red. And then I got the shorts I slept in, which are the Hawkeye basketball shorts from like 10 years ago with like that little diamond thing on the shorts. Gold, black, white, or black shorts. So I'm, I don't really care about that. It's the uniforms that I want to look clean and nice and match because uniforms make us one pretty much we're all wearing the same uniform we're all got the helmets on when we put the helmet on we're not individuals we're the team to be weird about it or whatever so if they mismatch it just looks weird like the rams they got the white horn with the gold horn on the on the jersey like it just looks stupid so that's my tier list for helmets for the nfl again some of these helmets are older like the 49ers helmet that's not the one they rock that's the jeff garcia era 49ers uniforms do you know what i mean by that if you don't know what i mean by that go look it up if you know you know uh the chargers helmet they haven't rocked the blue face mask in two years about and then you got the jets uniform the jets helmet that's new in there so we just got some interesting diff we we don't have all the updated helmets so the falcons helmet's not updated the chargers helmet's not updated the rams helmet's not updated the buccaneers helmet's not updated what other ones do we have on here? The 49ers one, but that one doesn't look like it's ever been updated according to this page. So yeah, that's what we got. That's what we're dealing with. What we're looking at right now, that's where I would rank them. Now, if they change, if the Rams change them, then if they get thrown on a tier list, then fine, we'll do that. But as of right now, we're not doing that. We're doing what I'm looking at right now. And it, from what I'm looking at right now, I'm not, I don't like it. I'm not a huge fan of it. So that's what we got for our tier list for the Logan Blackman show today. So yeah, hope you enjoyed the tier list. We're going to take a quick break here on the Logan Blackman show. And by quick break, this isn't like what I did on KULT quick. This is like two seconds quick. Just throwing a little sound bite in there of like a time lapse thing. Like do ding, 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 ding. It's like that thing. I found it and I, so what I do for this is a little backstage thing. So for the Logan Blackman Show podcast, now that we're not at 94.5 KULT, everything you and I, which we'll be back in the fall, hopefully. We'll be back there in the fall. But for this, I sit in my comfy recliner, or not recliner, my uh, rocking chair that I've had since I was a baby. And it's sitting in our office downstairs. It is one of the most comfortable chairs of all time. If you don't believe me, you can call me up and say, Logan, I don't believe that that chair is as comfortable as you said. And I'll go, fine, go and sit in it. And you'll go, wow, Logan, that is one of the most comfortable chairs I've ever sat in. And I go, yeah, I told you. 
and I just rock back and forth in the chair. And then I got this foldable table. It is not very sturdy, so I can't type anything on it. Otherwise, for a long period of time, I like when we've done school since we've been in quarantine or whatever, since school's been canceled or postponed, not postponed, but moved online. I haven't done any homework in this room because the table moves too much when I type. Like every time I move, I type something, the table shakes. I hate that. So I haven't been, I go to my dad's office and type stuff there, but yeah, rocking chair, blue rocking chair with big cushions with a shaky table. And I got a Sprite tower sitting in front of me. Cause I do this in the morning now. So, and I don't really get a lot of sleep for random reasons anymore. And yeah, so I have to drink something that'll keep me awake. It's probably doesn't have any caffeine, but it just gets me going a little bit. But yeah, it's a little behind the scenes what we're dealing with right now. And then for the editing goes, I I recorded on Audacity, which is what we used at William Penn. We used some random actual technology to record our shows at KULT. Uh, we used Adobe. Oh, what did we use? Audition at on press rose audition or adobe something adobe wasn't it i can't remember i think it was audition i that's just what i'm remembering it as it could be something completely different i don't know but we record the audio on audacity and then i export it and i throw it on the imovie and i edit it through imovie so that's how the logan blackman show gets brought to you every single day and sometimes the audio levels are a little different between each show sometimes it's a little quieter other times it's not and then as of late, there's been a little bit of popping in the microphone. I don't know why that is. I'm not, I'm holding the microphone. I'm social distancing with the microphone. So yeah, I hold it in my hand, but I keep it like a safe distance away. So it doesn't get the coronavirus. but sometimes there's this random popping noise and it's really annoying. So hopefully it doesn't do that today. Cause it's just not what I want. It's not what I want, but yeah, a little bit behind the scenes. For the Logan Blackman show. And I'll post the tier list after the show today. Or I'll post it during this break. I'll probably post it during this break. And hopefully the podcast uploads faster than what it usually does. Because it usually takes a very long time. And it's very annoying to deal with that. But yeah. That's all I've got for this little section of the Logan Blackman show. We'll take a little break. Like a two second break. As I said earlier. A short break. And we'll be back. And we got the NFL schedule release to talk about what your team will be facing. We'll go over each team's primetime schedule or how many primetime games we have. We don't really need to go over the entire primetime schedule, but we'll go over the teams that have primetime games and what how many they have. So we'll talk about that, and we will go through the entire NFL schedule. I have a website that I use for my prediction things where I do my NFL prediction videos. I've got one of those things. So every year... It's usually in August. I don't really usually do it this late, but we don't have a lot of stuff to talk about, or this early. I don't really have that much stuff to talk about today. So, or right now, because there's no sports going on. So, I do my playoff prediction website. So, I'd recommend going doing that if you want your predictions to be a little more accurate. You go through each game, you predict each winner for each game, and then it'll lead you to doing stuff. Like, get you record-wise. Get your correct record-wise, and you can restart it whenever you want and redo it if you don't like it and you don't know how many attempts i do during august trying to get one right because i don't want to i want it to be the most accurate to me that i think it can get so it takes me a very long time to get an exact one that i want hopefully 
it doesn't take that long today. Hopefully it doesn't take that long today because I don't want to keep restarting it. Sometimes I get a little frustrated if I like, oh, I didn't even notice this team was that bad. And then it happens to be that bad. But, you know, whatever. I got set records in my head for certain teams. If they don't, if it'll work out like that, then hopefully it'll work out for everybody. So with that being said, again, I think I've said this five times already. Short little break, but we'll be right back on the Logan Blackman show right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Logan Blackman show here on the Basement Podcast on this beautiful May 8th edition of the Logan Blackman show. We are live at one point or another in the basement of my house in Urbandale, Iowa, doing this podcast with this nice little mic we got in front of me with my awesome rocking chair, my table, my laptop, and my Sprite. We are ready to go. For the next, however long we go, hour and a half is what we're trying to do of this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. We just did our Friday Fun Day tier list, which is always an exciting part of Friday. And to be honest, I forgot about it until about five minutes before I started recording. I didn't even think about it. I was like, okay, let's go through the schedule. What do I want to do today? Type out what I want to talk about. And, oh, wait. It's Friday. We do Friday fun days on Friday, which makes for the title Friday fun day. Because without Friday, there would be no fun day, if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. And for all of you out there, a lot of people, a lot of seniors, people around my age, graduated this past day, a couple days ago. Past couple days, people have been graduating from college, which is a huge step for everybody in their lives. Getting out of college. Moving on to the real world. Now, if you're like me and transferred, you got another semester to year left of college. So let's make it count, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, we got that. Congratulations to all the graduates out there. And if you're, again, if you're like me, let's push on to the next semester. And if you need to stay another year, the next year. While we're on that topic, we interviewed a senior at the University of Northern Iowa yesterday former UNI wrestler and former number one ranked 184 pound wrestler in the nation Tara Luan yesterday on the Logan Blackman show we posted that up on YouTube so make sure you go and watch the video it is a good one it's an interesting one to say the least but it is a good one we got all the interviews that we've done on our YouTube page the ones with Will McIlvain quarterback for the UNI Panthers Austin Fife center for the UNI men's basketball team, and then now Taylor Luan, the former number one ranked 184-pound wrestler from the University of Northern Iowa, who is more than likely going to walk away with a national championship, much like Drew Foster the season before walking away with the national championship. Both would have won a national championship wrestling at 184 pounds. Luan, we didn't talk about this in the interview, but in high school, lost one match in Georgia. In his high school career at George, in Carleton, Georgia, lost one match as a four-time state champion wrestler, four-time academic All-American as well. Just an overall great wrestling career in high school and it carried on to you and I all the way until this year. Him and Bryce Steyert are graduating this year. Both were Big 12 champions. Bryce Steyert at 174 pounds and Taylor Luan at 184 pounds and also graduating is Jacob Schwarm who led the NCAA in mo- for most falls this season 
So you and I is losing three very, very, very talented wrestlers for next season. And I feel bad for them. I feel bad for all the spring sports that got postponed or canceled, or all the NCAA tournaments that got postponed or canceled. Because now these seniors, like Schwarm, Luan, Steyer, didn't have a chance to go on to push for a national championship. Not even as a team, they couldn't even do that. It just feel You just feel bad for all these spring sports. Spring and winter sports, the winter sports were finishing up. Spring sports didn't even get a chance to start. So it's just a, a hard time for those seniors involved. And man, you just feel bad for those guys. Because they put in all that effort to just go through the regular season. And some of them didn't even wrestle or play a sport at all this past few months. Ever since mid-March, we have not had any live sports. Still the KBO. The Korean Baseball League, I don't know what the O stands for. I'm guessing it's Korean Baseball Organization, maybe. It's what the O stands for. I I haven't done too much research on that topic. But yeah, it's just tough. And as we start moving on, as we move closer to the summer, with school being officially done now, I don't think there's any more school for this semester going on anymore. I finished school yesterday. My sister and I took our last test yesterday. Because we're in the same class, but different times. But we did our last test in that class yesterday. So we're officially done with my senior year, I guess, of college. So everybody is out of school now. Some will focus on summer classes, which I'm taking a summer class starting on Monday. So we'll get that started up really soon. So it's going to be like I never left school at all. But we're all out of school. Now we're getting more towards some live sports hopefully football doesn't get affected by this but as we look around the world leagues are starting to open up the Bundesliga starting up on May 15th so we got seven days a week until the Bundesliga starts up again with fans probably not it'll be more than likely without fans but you never know you never know we got leagues starting up La Liga is coming back in sometime in June the Turkish League is coming sometime in June we haven't heard anything officially from the Premier League or Serie A in Italy but we'll hopefully hear from those leagues very very soon because a lot of people watch those leagues a lot of people watch the Premier League the most watched league in the world most recognizable teams in the world Manchester United Liverpool Chelsea you got all these recognizable teams in the Premier League and they got a very big following in the United States because of their contract they did with NBC about 10 years ago it feels like maybe a little less than 10 years ago but they had that monster tv contract with nbc to air all the premier league games and i just want the premier league back just say it's a short short and sweet premier league back i also want the mlb back but we haven't heard anything about that really they're still targeting a june return so we'll see if that actually happens we haven't heard a set date or they are going to resume in june like the soccer leagues that we've heard of who have nailed down dates or at least regions of time that they are going to start up. Like, Bundesliga is starting next week. Turkish League is starting in June. La Liga is resuming training in June. For the rest of the sports and rest of the leagues, it's been maybes. We are going to try and start this. So hopefully we get one of those. MLB will start its season on June uh, 5th or something like that. Which it, which it won't, but, you know, probably like June 11th or something like that. So we will get closer to baseball season as we move closer to the summer. It's not officially summer yet, 
but it feels like summer and it's getting closer to feeling like summer as we get warmer months and it's gonna feel very very nice and i should have said this when i finished out my last segment when i was showing you guys what i do i was gonna i should have done nacho libre and done now you get the little taste of what to do that's what i should have done but i didn't so it's not as funny now as it would have been at that moment we watched school of rock last night my mom's sister and i did and it's a great movie just jack black movies in general are just awesome nacho libre school of rock like whatever ones you want to watch just look up some tenacious d youtube videos some music videos of theirs just go and watch just go and watch them nacho libre is my favorite one and one of my favorite movies of all time so i'm biased to jack black but you know jack black has some great great movies but we're not here to talk about jack black this is a logan blackman show where we do sports sports yeah we talk about sports here on the logan blackman show here on the basement podcast and i got an update uh, about a half hour ago i would say 45 minutes ago is when i got the update uh jaguars sign mike glennon to back up gardner Minshew. so there goes the cam newton rumors shut down essentially is what it looks like anyways the cam newton rumors still could still be happening we never know but they do sound like gardner Minshew's their guy for this year so we will see him starting the entire season for the jacksonville jaguars with the ultimate goal being getting trevor lawrence in the draft or trey lance or justin fields whatever one you want they're gonna be there because you're gonna have one of the top picks in the draft so with that being said with the jacksonville jaguars going into the season with a clear intent in mind of just sucking pretty much much like the dolphins last year had a, a goal of being terrible much like the Bengals, who had a goal of being terrible last year they're going to be terrible there's going to be some teams that are t- more terrible than others but the jaguars are going to be one of the worst as they are the current favorite to finish last in win total this year i think their win their projected over under for wins was four and a half or something like that or four it was four or four and a half they're the only team to have one in the four range the rest of them are five and a half and above if i remember right maybe five and above but the jacksonville jaguars nonetheless though they're going to be terrible this year though they have not a lot of help on defense and zero help on the offensive line and only one weapon outside after they released marquise lee who's just signed with the patriots they still have a prime time game and you can tell the nfl thinks is going to be the worst teams in the league except one of them, I don't think they should. I think they should have more. The Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, and Washington Redskins all have one primetime game. Not very big markets, not very good teams is what they looked at here. Got Carolina Panthers, not going to be great this year. Detroit Lions, same. Colts, I think they'll win the AFC South, but they're not a big market, so they're not going to play a lot of primetime games. The and they're not really expected to be world beaters this year. They're supposed to win a pretty poor division this year. Uh, the Jaguars, again, like we don't need to talk about them again. The Dolphins, expectations vary on the Dolphins this year. Some people have them going around the seven-win mark this year. Others have them going around five like they did last year. But we'll have to see. And the Redskins there as well, one of the worst teams projected in the league. But those teams have won. There's only one team that has six primetime games. I bet you could guess it because everybody hates on this team. They're the most overhyped team every single year, it feels like, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. They have six primetime games, 
and they'll be opening up Sunday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium. So we will have that game for you coming up. And then the first game of the year for the NFL, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs taking on Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. So that is your first game of the NFL season. Much more exciting game than the one last year, you would assume. Packers versus Bears. Oldest rivalry in football made sense for the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. Now we go into actual high-power offense. Now it's going to be interesting to see how the Houston Texans adjust to life without DeAndre Hopkins. They did get Brandon Cooks this offseason. They did get Randall Cobb this offseason, a partner with Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. So they got some weapons still, just none of the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins. Their defense still isn't very good, but you know what? Their offense can still do something, maybe. So, yeah, that is your first game of the NFL season, Chiefs versus Texans. The Chiefs have five primetime games this year. That is along with the Ravens, Packers, Rams, Patriots, Saints, 49ers, and the Tom Brady effect, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Five primetime games for the Buccaneers. We knew this was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. It was like the Browns last year. We knew they were going to get a lot of primetime games. Hopefully, for Bucks fans' sake, they're not as disappointing as the Cleveland Browns were last year. And the Browns got docked a lot of primetime games because of how bad they were last year. Four games. The Bills got four. The Bears have four. Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, and Seahawks all have four. The Bills played two Monday night games, a Thursday night game, and a Sunday night game. Two of them at home, two on the road. First time they've had four primetime games since 1996, which was the year Josh Allen was born. So it's been a while since the Bills have had four primetime games. It's actually been a favorite to win the division, the AFC East, a division that's been dominated by the Patriots ever since Tom Brady became the starter of the New England Patriots. It's crazy. The, the Tom Brady has more wins at New Era Field since he's played the Bills than any Bills quarterback to this date. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is number two. It's either him or Tyrod Taylor. I can't remember. It's one of those two has the second most wins at New Era Field behind a guy that never played for the Bills. That is crazy. (laughs) Tom Brady has more wins at the Bills Stadium than the Buffalo Bills quarterbacks at that time. Whoever the quarterbacks were, Brady beat them. It is an insane amount of times Tom Brady beat the Buffalo Bills throughout his career, throughout my lifetime. That's why my dad has an under hatred for Tom Brady. We went to Buffalo to go watch the Bills play the Patriots. And the hatred's real on both ends. Neither team likes each other. Bills fans hate the Patriots more because of how smug they are. But, you know, you get that every once in a while. And now the Bills have four primetime games, which is going to be, it's going to make for a fun, fun, fun season in Buffalo. The expectations are actually there now, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They're much like the Iowa Hawkeyes. I compare them to the Iowa Hawkeyes all the time. They like when the expectations are low. So are they going to go like the Hawkeyes and finish 500 or around 500? I don't think so because I think this team got better than the year before. But we'll wait and see. Only time will tell on that. The uh, Three games this year, the Broncos, Vikings, Giants, and Tennessee Titans all have three primetime games. Two games are the Cardinals, Falcons, Bengals, Browns, Texans, 
Chargers, and Jets. The LA Chargers will be making the trip out to Buffalo this year in Tyrod Taylor's triumphant return to New Era Field. And I saw this on Twitter this morning about Tyrod Taylor and the Buffalo Bills. So there was a tweet this morning. It said, uh, the, the narrative is Bills fans don't like Tyrod Taylor. Reality, majority of Bills fans like Tyrod Taylor and wish him well, but don't like being labeled as racist for thinking his time, thinking it was time for a different direction after three years in Buffalo. And the tweet goes on to become low-hanging fruit for amateur media members desperate for attention. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Like, Bills fans get very ticked off when people bring up Tyrod Taylor and the Bills people come out because they're trying to get them to, they're trying to get that narrative that Bills fans are racist. It's like the same thing with Josh Allen. People in that, people that didn't like Josh Allen when he got drafted still don't like Josh Allen to this day and won't say anything nice about him. Look at the people like Bomani Jones won't be saying anything nice about Josh Allen anytime soon, no matter what he does in his time as the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Because people have their narratives and they're going to stick to them. People don't like changing their narratives. You get that with Josh Allen, you get that with Tyrod Taylor. Josh Allen had a lot of people that did not like him coming out of college. Very raw prospect. And it makes it even worse when you come in the league with the likes of Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron when you are labeled the biggest project in the entire draft. Like, people knew he was going to struggle year one if he didn't have a veteran quarterback there, which he didn't. He had Nathan Peterman, who had the worst half of football in NFL history against the L.A. Chargers, and A.J. McCarron has been a career backup. You look at Sam Darnold got drafted, he had Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater there. You look at Baker Mayfield, he had Tyrod Taylor there. You look at, uh, and the Bills got a third-round pick for Tyrod Taylor. And the Bills couldn't keep him because his contract, they would have had to sign him to another contract which they didn't want to do, which is why he ended up getting traded. You look at Josh Rosen, even though he hasn't had great success in the NFL, he had Sam Bradford there, a nice veteran quarterback to teach him the ropes. Lamar Jackson, no, they're not the the similar style quarterback, but he had Joe Flacco, who has won a Super Bowl, who has been a vet in this league, and Josh Allen had Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron. Comparing the quarterbacks that these rookies in that year came in with and the veterans they had, Josh Allen had the worst ones. Sam Darnold was the one that a lot of people thought was the most ready to play, and he started week one, like everybody thought. Tyrod Taylor was expected to start the entire season, much like he is right now with the Chargers. Got hurt, never saw the field the rest of the season. But no, Browns fans aren't racist for liking Baker Mayfield over Tyrod Taylor, though. But that's beside the point. Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco gets hurt. Lamar Jackson go in. Joe Flacco doesn't see the field. You have RG3 there as well at that time to help coach up Lamar Jackson because he's a very similar style quarterback to Lamar Jackson, especially in the early career of RG3. Like these quarterbacks that got drafted that year had quarterbacks that were good for them, except for Josh Allen. So it took him a little bit longer to develop. This is everybody. Nobody should have expected Josh Allen to be as good as he is right now. And people are still hating on him now because of what he can't do, not looking at what he actually can do. Josh Allen, ever since that New England Patriots game where he threw three picks, through what? So he had five interceptions or four interceptions, five interceptions, 
after before week four or something like that, and then through four the rest of the season, managed to throw more touchdowns, got a higher completion percentage by throwing more passes. He also has the same number of rushing touchdowns as Saquon Barkley in his NFL career. Drafted the same year, Barkley went number two to the Giants. Josh Allen and Saquon Barkley have the same exact number of rushing touchdowns, which is that it's an insane thing to think about. Josh Allen in rookie his rookie year had Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones as his number one and two receiver, and later Robert Foster. The stories those two, with the first two, Zay Jones is out of the league. Actually, he might still be on the Raiders, and Kelvin Benjamin is so far out of the league, he he got the Jamarcus Russell treatment pretty much. Robert Foster got cut in the preseason, got re-signed to the practice squad, and came up to be the Bills' number one receiver that season. You had the worst offensive line in football. You had a declining LaShawn McCoy, who didn't even suit up for the Super Bowl this year. It was a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl. Bills' defense was very, very good. Still is very, very good. Got even better this offseason. But if you expected a lot from Josh Allen in his rookie year, that says a lot because he was even going into the league. He was considered the biggest project out of everybody in that draft. And you go in with Nathan Peterman and AJ McCarron and Kelvin Benjamin as your number one. Zay Jones, is your number two. And the only reason Zay Jones is on the roster is because he can run block, which is what Sean McDermott literally has said. You can look up the quote. You don't want a receiver known for just run blocking. You want him to be able to catch the ball, which Zay Jones did in college. He's the all-time leader in reception in college, at least for a year or maybe his entire career. He couldn't catch squat in the NFL. He couldn't catch COVID-19 if someone with it was coughing in his face. That's how bad he was at catching the football. Run blocking? Very solid. Tight ends, Charles Clay, who is now a backup on the Cardinals, I think, and dropped a lot of passes in his time in Buffalo. The Bills offensive line in Josh Allen's rookie year is no longer in the league, most of them. Deion Dawkins is the only one that remained from his rookie year off to line. Like, just think about it. His offense from his rookie year to his next year was completely different. They had new wide receivers. They got Cole Beasley and John Brown in free agency. They got a new tight end in the draft and signed one in Tyler Croft from Cincinnati. New running backs and Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Whole new offensive line. Left to right tackle, left guard to right tackle was completely different. Like Vlad Ducasse, Jordan Mills. Like, Bo Russell Bodine. Like, these guys aren't even in the league anymore. If they are, they're backups. Which shows how bad they were. And the expectation of Josh Allen in his rookie year was to be a world beater after everybody said he needs time to develop when he gets thrusted in week two because Peterman's incompetent. So incompetent, they signed Derek Anderson off the street, off the golf course, and made him start. He gets hurt, Peterman goes in, and then they signed Mike Barkley off the street and play him in the next game against the Jets. So, like, the quarterback room and the situation around Buffalo when Josh Allen's rookie year was atrocious. And we did, you shouldn't have expected him to be anything his rookie year, and he performed very well at the end of the year as rookie year after he got hurt and came back and had that game against Jacksonville. It was a little snippet of what he could do in that game versus Jacksonville. And then this year had a much improved season. 
But your narrative on Josh Allen won't end. It's just like the narrative that Bills fans hate Tyrod Taylor because they're racist. That narrative's probably never going to end either. I mean, I just don't like my quarterbacks throwing 14 touchdowns and four intercepts. I mean, four intercepts is nice. 14 touchdowns starting 15 games is not great. I think Tyrod Taylor got treated unfairly in his last season in Buffalo with the benching for him for Nathan Peterman. But to be fair, they did need something different because the offense wasn't working. They couldn't have chosen a worse time to do that, though, against a red-hot L.A. Chargers team. So it was a terrible time to do that. If they did it later, maybe it worked better or earlier. They maybe it worked out better. But that game, you have an edge-rushing duo of Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa against that garbage offensive line, you're going to struggle. And Nathan Peterman got eaten alive. Casey Hayward, one of the best corners in football, was all over. It's just, it, you couldn't have chose a worse time to do that, is basically what I'm saying, which was the first year head coach or second year head coach's mistake there. So Tyrod Taylor will make his triumphant return to Buffalo this year. And someone said, are you going to boo Tyrod Taylor on Twitter? No, they shouldn't boo Tyrod Taylor. Buffalo does not dislike Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is what he is. He's another version of Alex Smith. People love Alex Smith. Chiefs fans love Alex Smith, but they were booing the crap out of him his last year in Kansas City. I was there. <laughs> we watched Buffalo beat Kansas City that year with fans sitting directly behind us booing Alex Smith every single time. So much so, Travis Kelsey had to say, Alex Smith is not the reason for our offensive struggles. Like, it's okay. to like Fans will boo your quarterback if they are what they – like. If you're not going to win us games, which Tyro Taylor and Alex Smith don't do, then we're going to move on. They're not going to do anything to lose you games, which is key. But they're not going to win you games, which is the why the reason the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills moved on. Tyro Taylor did well in his time in Buffalo. He did very well. But he's not going to do anything special, which is why the Bills moved on. Some of the throws Josh Allen thinks about, or does, Tyra Taylor's not even thinking about. Mr. Checkdown, Tyra Taylor. I love Tyra Taylor. I have a Tyra Taylor jersey. I love Tyra Taylor. I love the person. I love his nickname, T-Mobile. One of the most underrated nicknames in all football. I love Tyra Taylor. But he is what he is. He's not going to win you games. He won't lose you games. But time to move off of the Bills fans are racist thing for not liking Tyra Taylor. And time for the people that don't like Josh Allen to actually analyze him correctly and go, man, this kid is actually good. And for the people, this is another thing, for the people that think Sam Darnold at this point in time is better than Josh Allen, go somewhere else. I'm looking straight at you, Colin Coward, and all the other people. Darnold fan page, which pops up randomly on my Instagram. I don't understand why, but in no world, if we're talking about the here and now, no world is Sam Darnold better than Josh Allen. There's tiers of the 2018 quarterback class. Lamar Jackson's tier one. Tier two is solely Josh Allen. Tier three, actually, you can move through tier four. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. And people want to look like Sam Darnold won seven games with Mono. In the last half of the season, the Jets had the easiest schedule in the NFL. That's not me basing it off opinion. That's me actually just speaking straight facts. Record-wise, win percentage-wise, they had the easiest schedule. The Browns had the second easiest schedule. The, the Jets barely beat the Bills' backup players in the last game of the year. So the 7-6 and six record is cool and all, but if you look at it 
actually look at it and take off your blinders of people that are like, oh, Sam Darnold's the can't-miss prospect of this draft. Take those off for 15 seconds and look at, wow, this was the easiest schedule in football towards the back half of the season. Start of the season, not very easy, especially when you're going in with Trevor Simeon who shattered his ankle and Luke Falk. That's not easy. I think the Jets improved their roster by getting Denzel Mims in the draft and Mekhi Becton. I think that helped them a lot. And getting Chris Herndon for a full season, I think will help them a lot, especially with Sam Darnold's development because a good tight end takes a lot of pressure off the quarterbacks. You look at the likes of Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers and Dan Fouts before Phillip Rivers in San Diego. They had great tight ends, Gronk, Gates, Kellen Winslow. So you have all these people that, like, those quarterbacks worked very well with their tight ends. A nice little safety net. It's like having a running back that can catch out of the backfield, which also Sam Darnold has in Le'Veon Bell, one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL. Had some struggles last year. I mean, you sit out a year and you get the ball a lot in Pittsburgh, you're going to be rusty in your first year in a new city. But when Le'Veon Bell is fully clicking, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I think Darnold would be much better this year, but in no world right now is he better than Josh Allen. It go. I would rank the rookie quarterbacks from that class, the first rounders, Lamar, Josh, Sam, Baker, Rosen. I think un- Rosen's been treated unfairly throughout his time in the NFL, but that's called karma because you can't go around saying right after you got drafted 10th that there were nine mistakes taken before me because that's, it's, yeah, now you got, there. you know the old adage is karma is a what? Yeah, exactly. That's what Josh Rosen got. Got thrown with Arizona with the worst offensive line in of the league. Got traded to Miami because they hired Cliff Kingsbury. If they kept, a, if they, if a different coach came in, I think Rosen would have stayed in Arizona. Because you can't pin Arizona's struggles in his rookie year on Josh Rosen. You just can't. O line was terrible. Defense was atrocious. They had needs at edge rusher, which drafting Kingsbury went with the quarterback that he recruited and had a connection with and would fit in with his offense. So I'm not going to put him getting traded on Josh Rosen. That's not him playing bad. That's a coach coming in who already liked a different quarterback. And then he goes to Miami, and they trade away their best left tackle, or their their best offensive lineman in Laramie Tunsil, who just signed a monster contract in Houston. And they let Juwan James, though injury-prone, still a better player than what they had on the roster after that, let him go on free agency to Denver. So their O-line was not great coming in. And he's not as physical, and he's more injury-prone than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you probably don't like getting hit, which is not a great thing when you're playing on bad franchises or bad teams. Dolphins aren't a bad franchise. They're a bad team. Cardinals are a bad franchise. They've been to one Super Bowl and have sucked for most of their career, most of their history, but they should be better this year. But I feel bad for Rosen. Baker was second in rookie of the year voting and then had a stinker his second year. I'm going to base that down to bad coaching and bad offensive line. I think if the Browns are smart, they are a power run team with great weapons on the outside. They got Austin Hooper this free agency period, got Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills. Browns vastly improved this offseason. So, I expect Baker to go back up more towards his rookie year and have a better rookie or better year than his rookie year this year than he did there. I expect him to, I'm not, it's so hard to judge Baker Mayfield because we're going off recency here. A lot of people go off recency and those people are like, Baker Mayfield straight up sucks. Well, he didn't suck his rookie year. He didn't have great, he wasn't great his rookie year. Stats are a little skewed on his rookie year, but he wasn't terrible. He's not a terrible quarterback. I'm going to go down to coaching and O-line 
and I think he'll be better this year. I'm not going to write Baker Mayfield off as trash like a lot of people do. Now, looking back at it in hindsight, which, again, I hate hindsight because it doesn't do anything. It just makes people pissed off, is, oh, the Browns should have drafted Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson at 1-4. Well, yeah. Duh. In hindsight, the Raiders shouldn't draft Jamarcus Russell. So, like, hindsight does so much. Like, it doesn't do anything. And we can also go like this. Would Lamar Jackson be the same player he was in is is in Baltimore if he was in Cleveland with Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson and uh, Todd Haley as his offensive coordinator? Like, would he be the same player? Not as adaptive as John Harbaugh, who's one of the greatest coaches, one of the most underrated coaches of all time. So, I don't know. Because that's the thing you can look at, too. Oh, man. Well, yeah, they should have probably drafted the the second unanimous MVP of all time. But they probably should have done that. Well, no. Really? Thank you for saying that. But would he be as good? I don't know. Because that's the other thing you have to look at. Of course, Lamar Jack, you take the unanimous MVP, but if you throw him in a different situation with that old line and that coaching staff for back-to-back years, probably struggle a little bit. Probably not the same. Probably still very good. It's Lamar Jackson, it's like, you can't deny talent. That's one thing. Like, Mahomes and Jackson have that it factor. The best two MVPs. If you throw them in any system, they are still very, 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 very good players. But are they the same if they were... If Patrick Mahomes is getting blessed with Andy Reid and the weapons they have in Kansas City, and would John, Lamar Jackson be a different quarterback if he didn't play in John Harbaugh when he, with them completely switching up the offense for Lamar Jackson? I don't know. But again, hindsight sucks. So I hate talking about hindsight, but everybody loves to talk about it. But yeah, hopefully those quarterbacks like Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield have themselves successful careers down the line well Darnold less so because he plays for the Jets but Baker and Josh Rosen two easily the most dislikable players in that entire draft but I hope they have more success especially Rosen because I want him because if he saw if he doesn't get another chance he's gonna be that clip of him saying there were 10 mistakes take nine mistakes taken before me is gonna get replayed over and over again he's never gonna live it down it's a terrible clip I hated it at the time I don't really like Josh Rosen, the person, but I feel kind of bad for him. So I hope that doesn't, it's not how his career ends up. <laughs> we got very sidetracked here, but you know, that's what, just what we do. It's just what we do. Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh is better. End of discussion. I mean, it's not really comparable, but I will say this. We talked about this on Wednesday about Colin Coward's thing where he said, the Jets and Dolphins are considerably better. I think, well, actually, I don't think. I, yeah, I do think. I took that differently than what he probably intended it to be. Because when I heard it, Bills are a push for nine wins, and the Jets and Dolphins are considerably better. Now, when I heard that, when my thinking at the time and on Wednesday was they are considerably better than the Bills. Is what I heard. And if you watch the clip, you can see it as well. But now I'm thinking about it. He probably meant they're just way better than what they were last year. Which is probably more accurate than what I thought. But just me being a stubborn fan. If anybody insults your team, especially Colin Cowherd, people get a little bit more upset. 
Colin Coward, if he says anything bad about something you like, it's instant like, oh man, he meant the worst for this. Like the Browns, Baker Mayfield. Um, tank, t- the Hawkeyes thing, the fake idea of college football. Like, there's just a hatred of Coward if he says anything negative about a team, but I don't think he meant that in <laughs> what I originally thought it was. I think he meant they're just way better than what they were last year, not considerably better than the Bills. I thought about that on Wednesday night. Cause I had a fr- Noah, one of my friends came over on Wednesday night and we were talking about it. And as I said it, I was like, wait a minute, is that really what he meant? So maybe this is my public apology to Colin Cowherd. If that's what he meant, if not, then I take it back. But if he meant it as the Jets and Dolphins are just better than what they were last year, then I'll take it back, which is probably what he did, what he did mean in the grand scheme of things. So with that being said, with the Jets and Dolphins being considerably better, will they be considerably better the jets won seven games last year the dolphins won five how good will they be going into this season with that being said let's dive right in to our playoffpredictors.com season predictions way too early for the nfl 2020 2021 nfl season if i was at KBLT right now i'd blast some nfl music but i don't i'm not there and I don't really want to edit in an editing. So I'm going to do it like this. So yeah, that's our Monday Night Football theme. So yeah, let's get right into this. Now, What if you forgot what this is, because we talked for a lot of... We went very off, off topic for a little bit, which is something I never do, so it's kind of weird for me to do that. But... Yeah, so this thing is, it's called playoffpredictors.com. You can go here. You can go through each game of the NFL, college bas- or basketball, baseball, college football. It's the NBA, MLB, and college football. And you can go through literally every single game and try to predict what will happen in that game. And this, to me, makes predicting records a lot easier than just going, oh, this team will finish 8-8. Eight and eight. But now you can go through every single game and go, yeah, this is what happens. And also, what's very nice about this, this website, after you pick a winner, it will adjust the standings for you. So by that, it will go, like if I say the Chiefs will beat the Texans, Texans will just automatically move to last, Chiefs will move up to first. And as we move on, as we go from week one to week 17, it will adjust going on. It will put in tiebreakers, it will put in little asterisks, next to all of them and go like why this is happening why this happened and it's beautiful it's a very beautiful website i love this thing i do this so much as we get close to the football season because it's just something i do when i get bored and now i'm doing it in may because why we don't really have a lot of stuff to talk about because there's no sports going on at the at this point in time so this is the best i can do for your live sports for you it's like predicting live sports, but not actually live because it's not happening right now. But with that being said, I've, I've played this on long enough. Let's dive right in to week one of the NFL 2020-2021 season if this gets played out. So the rumor before the season started, before the schedules got released yesterday, was that the NFC versus AFC games were going to be the first four games of the year. So if they were to just cancel those games, it wouldn't matter. But I read a report, like, right, like, I think it was Thursday morning 
uh, a guy for the Packers, a reporter for the Packers, or an insider for the Packers, whatever you want to call him, said that's just not true. It's not happening. And that's exactly right. It didn't happen. And schedules, much like the NFL, NBA draft, and things like that, where they get things get tweeted out way too early, the freaking Vikings and freaking Bills and all the other teams tweeted out their things before 7 o'clock. Like, what was the point of the TV show if we were just going to announce the games now and not wait for the TV show? That's, that's not good. That's not good. Why are we announcing things before they actually are supposed to get announced? So I knew the schedule before 7 o'clock. 6.55, I knew what the Bills schedule was. And it looked good. Bills actually got some tough games this year. At San Fran, at New England for primetime games, hosting the Chiefs on Thursday night football, hosting the Steelers on Sunday night football, starting off with the Jets, much like they did last year, but at home this time. As you remember, Josh Allen at week two, actually, let's go week three, had more wins at MetLife Stadium than the Jets and Giants did combined. Start off 2-0, beating the Jets and Giants. Great way to start off the season. Some scarier than others. Bills had some rough moments in the Jets game. Should have blown them out of the water. If they run the no-huddle offense like they did at the start of the game, which they need to do a lot more, then I think they'll have a lot of success this year. But let's go right into this. Again, stop wasting time, Logan. Stop wasting time. I got to slap myself a few times. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep wasting time, and it's not going to be good. So first game, Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champs playing the Houston Texans. Straight up, Chiefs. Not even really need to think about it. Bills, Jets. At Buffalo, Jets have beaten the Bills twice at New Era Field since Sam Darnold and Josh Allen have been in the league. But the Bills have beaten the Jets twice at MetLife Stadium. Josh Allen walked... Well, actually, Josh Allen didn't even play the first time they played when these two were first in the league. It was Matt Barkley playing for the Jets, or for the Bills. And I think even Josh McCown was the starting quarterback for the Jets at that game. So that was on my birthday. But I don't know if Josh McCown or Sam Darnold was the starter there. But they did play at New Era Field later in the season, and the Jets did win, or it was earlier. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. And then last year, this one was a little skewed because the Bills and Jets stars played each other week one. Bills won. And then the Jets played the Bills backups and barely won. But this time, with everybody playing and the much-improved team that the Bills have, Jets much-improved as well, we're going to go with the Bills. Jaguars and Colts. Colts are a very much-improved team from last year. Phillip Rivers is there. Will be motivated going into the season. You got DeForest Buckner from San Fran to solve their defensive line issues, which you were going to get, looked like you were going to get in the draft anyways. Then you got Michael Pittman, a big wide receiver to pair up with T.Y. Hilton. And then you got Jonathan Taylor there as well in the second round. And you got Jacob Eason in the fourth round. So the Colts had themselves a good draft. The Jaguars, again, we know what's going to happen this year. They're going to tank. It's not going to be a fun season for Jacksonville, their fans. Dolphins and Patriots, first era, first game of the Jarrett Stidham regime, we're going to give it to the Patriots just because it's in New England. We're going to give them the game there. The Dolphins did beat the Patriots and the last week of the season last year to give the Chiefs the second round, the two seed. The Patriots got the three seed. So maybe that happens here again. Dolphins, again, much improved. I might actually give that to the Dolphins, but no, we're going to stick with the Patriots there. Browns Ravens Browns killed the Ravens when they played them at home at Baltimore last year I don't think that happens again she uh Chargers Bengals we're gonna go to the Chargers and Tennessee Titans at Broncos Broncos get a win there's too many weapons on the outside for Drew Locke for them not to be good 
this season, at least around 500, much improved from last year. Vegas Raiders versus the Carolina Panthers. We're going to go with the Raiders and Pittsburgh Steelers over the New York Giants. Big Ben is there. They won eight games last year with no quarterbacks. If they have semi-competent quarterback play for the Steelers, I expect them to be much better than what they were last year. Their defense is very, very good, which is what carried them to almost the playoffs last year. Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, if they're not there, I think the Steelers are better with Big Ben. But the elbow injury, that could be an issue this season. Big Ben never been a workout hog. Never been a big workout machine. But I do expect the Steelers to be better going into this season than they were last year. Seattle Seahawks versus Atlanta Falcons. Seahawks are one of the best road teams, if not the best road team in the NFL. So they'll get the win over the Falcons. Detroit Lions get the win over the Chicago Bears in their first game with Matthew Stafford back. Philadelphia Eagles go to the D.C. and beat up on the Redskins. Vikings take it over the Packers. Uh, The 49ers beat the Cardinals. Saints beat Brady in his first game as a Buccaneers quarterback. And the Rams take care of Dallas week one in their new stadium. Rams finished 9-7 last year. I don't know what they're going to do this year. Lost. It's going to be a weird season for the Rams this year. Week two, Bengals will lose to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, giving the Browns a 1-1 start on the season. Bills versus Dolphins. Josh Allen has never lost the Miami Dolphins. That does not change here. Josh Allen has had his best career games have been against the Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen's career record undefeated against Miami and statistically, the Dolphins are the best team he plays against, or the team he plays the best against. So Josh Allen gets the Bills over the Dolphins here. Pittsburgh versus Denver. Um, we're going to go with Pittsburgh with it being at Pittsburgh. Tennessee at Jack- Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs, Ravens over the Texans. Texans have a tough start of the season. Playing the reigning Super Bowl champs first game, and then playing the team with the best overall record in the NFL the second game. With the unanimous MVP. So, it's it's a tough start to the season for the Houston Texans, to say the least. Uh, Minnesota Vikings versus the Colts. Colts get the dub in Indy over the Vikings, pushing the Vikings to 1-1. One one. Colts 2-0. and oh. San Francisco will beat the Jets in New Jersey to get the win there. Seahawks beat the Patriots, and the Saints beat the Raiders in Week 2. Going to all the NFC games, the Bears take over the Giants. Maybe. Actually. Let's go with the Giants over the Bears. Bears at home lost some weird games last year, and the Giants are improved off what they were last year. I don't know if I believe in Nick Foles or Trubisky at quarterback. I think the Bears are going for a quarterback in next year's draft. I think Trey Lance could fit them perfectly. So we're going to go with the uh, – it's close. So the Giants aren't very good, but neither are the Bears. The Bears' defense is way better. Giants have good weapons on offense I uh, or good – better off weapons on offense than last year what will happen here this one's hard giants or bears we're just gonna go with the bears to give them the home win over the uh, new york giants just because the bears are at home buccaneers beat the panthers cowboys take care of the falcons eagles beat the rams packers beat the lions and cardinals take care of the washington redskins so we'll move on to week three jacksonville hosting miami we'll give the dolphins the dub there over the Jacksonville Jaguars. New England Patriots versus Las Vegas Raiders. Patriots get the dub there in Ve- at home against Vegas. Texans at Steelers. Give it to the Pittsburgh Steelers there. Steelers start off 3-0 this season. Colts versus Jets. 
Texans at Indy will give the Colts the win there. And Chiefs at Ravens. Chiefs beat the Ravens when they played each other last year in Kansas City with it being in Baltimore now. It's a Monday night game. Ravens rocking their all-black uniforms. The Ravens do not lose wearing those uniforms. If they do, it's rare. Go the Ravens in that one over the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs get their first loss of the season. Ravens still undefeated. Bills hosting the Rams. Bills get the dub there in Buffalo. Washington at Cleveland. We'll give it to Cleveland. Cincinnati, Philly. Philly. Tennessee at the Vikings. Vikings get the dub there. Chargers, Panthers. Chargers. Bucks, Broncos. Since it's at home, I want to give it to Denver. But, hmm. We'll give it to Denver. We'll give it to the Denver Broncos. Falcons hosting the Bears. Falcons win. Giants, Niners. Niners. Cardinals beat the Lions. Seahawks beat the Dallas Cowboys. And Saints take care of the Packers. So going into week four, the Ravens, Steelers, Colts, Bills, Seahawks, 49ers, Eagles and Saints are all 3-0. Will that change going into this week? The Jets, their first game, take over the Denver Broncos, their first win of the season. Cincinnati Bengals take care of the Jacksonville Jaguars in week four. Tennessee Titans go over the Pittsburgh Steelers with their power running game. Chiefs beat up on the New England Patriots in week four. The Bills take care of the Raiders in their new stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts take care of the Chicago Bears in Chicago to move to 4-0. Buccaneers beat the L.A. Chargers at home. Dallas beats the Rams. Seahawks, again, the best road team arguably in the NFL, take care of the Miami Dolphins. Ravens beat the Redskins. The Houston Texans take care of the Minnesota Vikings at home. We got the New Orleans Saints beating the Detroit Lions. What do we have here? Panthers and Cardinals. We'll go with the Cardinals taking care of Carolina in Carolina. Carolina 0-4 at the start of the season. Rams beating the Giants. 49ers taking care of the Eagles. And the Packers beating the Atlanta Falcons in that one. So after this week, the Saints, 49ers, Seahawks, Bills, Colts, and Ravens are our remaining undefeated teams. The Jaguars, Panthers, Giants all are without a win so far this season. Chiefs beat the Las Vegas Raiders at home pretty easily. The New England Patriots versus the Denver Broncos going into New England. We're going to give the Patriots the win there. Baltimore Ravens over the Bengals easy. Houston over the Jaguars. Tennessee will give them the win over the Bills. The Bills did beat the Titans in Tennessee last year. But I think the Titans at this point now are a better team than what what the Bills faced in that game last year. And the Cleveland Browns give the Colts their first loss of the season at Cleveland. New York Jets versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Jets get the win over the Cardinals. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Steelers, just because it's at home, get the win over the Eagles in the Pennsylvania rivalry. San Francisco 49ers beat the Miami Dolphins. And the Saints beat the LA Chargers. Moving over to the NFC, all NFC games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go up to Chicago and beat the Bears. Falcons beat the Carolina Panthers. The Washington Redskins get a big-time win over the Los Angeles Rams. Cowboys beat the Giants, and the Seahawks beat the Vikings on Sunday night football. Moving on to Week 6, Thursday night, Bills and Chiefs. We're going to give that one to the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo loses back-to-back games, losing the Titans and now the Kansas City Chiefs. The losing to last year's AFC title game teams. Indianapolis Colts for Cincinnati Bengals. Colts get the dub over the Bengals. 
Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. Give that one to the Pittsburgh Steelers there. Browns somewhat disappointing to start the season. 3-3, 1-2 against the AFC North. Titans versus Texans. Titans get the dub there. Broncos get the win over the Miami Dolphins. The Chargers beat the New York Jets at home, moving to 3-3 on the season. Moving over to these games, the interconference games, Eagles versus the Ravens. Eagles get the big win over the Ravens at Lingland Financial Field. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Detroit Lions. Jags get their first win of the season at home against the Lions. Washington Redskins versus the New York Giants. Giants. Actually, no, we'll give it to the Redskins. Defensive line pressures the Daniel Jones a lot in this game and gets the win over the Giants. Bears versus the Panthers. Panthers get their first dub of the season at home against the Bears. Vikings beat the Falcons. Buccaneers get a win over the Green Bay Packers. 49ers beat the Rams and the Dallas Cowboys get a win over the Arizona Cardinals, dropping them to 3-3 three three on the season. Seahawks and 49ers are still undefeated. Same with the Saints going into this game and going into Week 7. The only undefeated teams left are all NFC teams. Teams without a win are the New York Giants, and that is it. Dolphins, Raiders, Jaguars, Pan Bengals, Lions, Bears, Panthers all have one win, but they're not winless so far only the giants are doing that right now i'm comp competate comp look at the well actually packers coming off a of bye week go down to tampa beat the tampa Bay buccaneers have a much better defense than the buccaneers but it's tom brady's there i'm gonna give it to the packers getting the win over the tampa Bay buccaneers coming off a of bye uh week seven cincinnati Bengals versus the cleveland browns browns get the win there Chargers at Dolphins. Dolphins get the win over the LA Chargers at Miami. Much improved team from last year. Get a win over there. Jets versus Bills. Again, Bills undefeated at MetLife Stadium when Josh Allen and the Bills play against Sam Darnold and the Jets. Ravens versus Steelers. Ravens get the win over the Steelers. And Sunday, we have the Denver Broncos hosting the Chiefs. Broncos get the upset victory over the Chiefs because it's at home. Texans against the Packers. Pack go in, get a big win over the Houston Texans. 49ers go to New England and beat the Patriots. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Las Vegas Raiders in their new stadium. New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles get the win over the Giants. Falcons get a big win over the Detroit Lions. Dallas Cowboys get a win over the Washington Redskins. Saints beat the Panthers. Seahawks get the Cardinals number and the Rams beat the the Chicago Bears. Seahawks still undefeated. Cardinals and Rams both 3-4 and four on the season. Again, Seahawks coming off a bye. Cardinals always give them fits, so we might change that later. But right now, I got the Seahawks winning. Tennessee Titans at the Bengals. Tennessee Titans get the win there. Bills beat up on the Patriots. Browns beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Chiefs beat the New York Jets. And the Chargers get a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Los Angeles Rams go to Miami and beat the Dolphins. And the Detroit Lions get an upset win over the Indianapolis Colts. There's always some random upsets throughout the course of a season, especially with the Cowboys. Uh, the Carolina Panthers get a big win over the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay Packers beat the Minnesota Vikings in Green Bay. Bears upset the Saints. No, I'm kidding. Saints beat up on the Bears. Did it last year with Teddy Bridgewater. Now with Drew Brees there, Saints get the win. 
49ers lose to the Seattle Seahawks at home. Seahawks 7-0 beating the San Francisco 49ers. Eagles beat the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers beat the New York football Giants. Ravens versus the Colts. Ravens coming off a bye, beat the Colts in Indianapolis. Colts fall to 5-3 on the season. Houston, Texas coming off a bye, get the win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chargers beat the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Jets get a big win over the New England Patriots. The Bills versus the Seahawks. Going to give the Seahawks the win there. Bills losing three games this season so far. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Carolina Panthers. Chiefs get the easy win there. Broncos versus Falcons. Broncos 4-3 and three on the season. Beat the Atlanta Falcons coming off a bye to get the win over the Falcons. Tennessee Titans beat the Chicago Bears. Cardinals beat the Miami Dolphins. And the Cowboys beat the Steelers. And we got the 49ers beating the Green Bay Packers with the Washington Redskins getting a win over the Giants. Vikings beat the Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give the Saints their first loss of the season in Week 9. Moving on to Week 10, the Tennessee Titans pull ahead a little bit more with their lead over the division with the Colts on a Thursday night game. Titans getting the win there. Browns get the win over the Houston Texans, moving to 6-3. and Three, three games winning, three-game winning streak for the Cleveland Browns after starting 3-3. Three and three. Pittsburgh Steelers get the win over their division rival Bengals. Dolphins beat the Jets down in Miami. Las Vegas Raiders beat the Denver Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens beat up on the New England Patriots in New England. Then we got the Green Bay Packers beating the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Bills beating the Arizona Cardinals. We got the New York Giants against the Eagles. Eagles coming off a bye, get a big win over the Giants. Lions beat the Redskins. We got the Buccaneers beating the Panthers. Rams beating the Seahawks for their first loss of the season. Rams coming off a bye in that one. Saints beating the 49ers and the Bears upsetting the Minnesota Vikings in that game. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars come to play against the Steelers, beating the Steelers in that one. Ravens beat the Titans, getting revenge on the playoffs from last year. Houston Texans get a big win over the New England Patriots. Bill O'Brien getting it over his mentor, Bill Belichick. Broncos getting a big-time win over the L.A. Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Las Vegas Raiders in Week 11. The Eagles beat the Cleveland Browns in Week 11. Colts beat the Packers. Washington Redskins get a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Seahawks beat the Cardinals. Panthers beat the Lions. Minnesota Vikings beat the Cowboys. Saints beat the Falcons. And Tampa Bay beats the L.A. Rams. Getting closer to the end of the season, Week 12, the Steelers get a big win against Baltimore on Thursday night football. Bills beat the Chargers and Tyrod Taylor's triumphant return to Buffalo. Indy beats the Tennessee Titans, both are now 7-4 on the season. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Browns have that random loss in the season where like, wow, that actually happened. And that's this one with the Jaguars getting the win over the Browns. Jets beat the Dolphins to move to 4-7 on the season. Lions get a home win over the Houston Texans. Random losses for the Texans are just going to happen. The Bengals get the better of the New York Giants. The Falcons get a win over the Las Vegas Raiders. The Patriots move to 4-7, and seven, beating the Cardinals. Saints beat the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Tampa. Then we got the Dallas Cowboys beating the Washington Redskins. Vikings over the Carolina Panthers. 49ers coming off a bye beat the LA Rams and the Packers beat the Chicago Bears and the Seahawks get another road win over 
the Philadelphia Eagles. Going into week 13 now, Miami Dolphins get a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets get a big win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Houston Texans lose to the Indianapolis Colts in Houston. Tennessee Titans beat the Cleveland Browns. And then a battle of the power running games there in Tennessee. The LA Chargers beat the the New England Patriots in that game. And the Kansas City Chiefs, for the last AFC matchups, beat the Denver Broncos in that game. The Baltimore Ravens defeat the Dallas Cowboys. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Washington Redskins. Vikings over the Jaguars. And 49ers over the Buffalo Bills on Monday night football. Bills dropped to 8-4 on the season. The Bears beat the Detroit Lions in this game. Falcons upset the Saints in Atlanta. Cardinals beat the Rams. Seahawks beat the Giants. And Packers beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, we are now looking at what college records look like. So right now, the best team in the league, according to what I'm doing right now, is the Seattle Seahawks at 11-1. We have a lot of 10-2 teams. 49ers, Chiefs, Ravens, and Saints are all sitting at 10-2. The Packers... Steelers, Titans, Colts, Bills, and who else? Eagles and Tampa Bay Buccaneers all sit at 8-4 on the season. The Giants are still without a win so far this season. 0-12. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, I'm flying through this right now. Chiefs in Week 14 beat the Miami Dolphins, moved 11-2. The Tennessee Titans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Las Vegas Raiders beat the Indianapolis Colts. Buffalo Bills beat the Steelers. Browns on Monday Night Football upset the Baltimore Ravens to move to 7-6. and six. New England Patriots lose to the LA Rams in Los Angeles. The Bears beat the Texans. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Bengals. Broncos versus the Panthers. We're going to give it to the Denver Broncos. Seahawks beat the Jets and Chargers beat the Falcons. Tampa Bay gets a win over the Minnesota Vikings after a bye week. We got the Giants versus the Cardinals. Cardinals win there. Lions upset the Packers, 49ers beat the Redskins, and the Eagles beat the New Orleans Saints. Moving into week 15, we got the Las Vegas Raiders beating the LA Chargers on Thursday night football. We got the Denver Broncos versus the Buffalo Bills. Bills getting a big time win. They're actually, you know what, we're going to get the Broncos the win over the Buffalo Bills in that one. Still have a hefty lead over the division due to the Buffalo Bills, right? They can't even lose the division as the thing stands right now. Colts beat the Houston Texans at home. Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots. Dolphins get the win there over the Pats. Baltimore beats Jacksonville, and Cincinnati upsets Pittsburgh in Cincinnati. New York Giants lose to the Cleveland Browns. Browns move to 8-6 on the season. The LA Rams beat the New York Jets in that game. The Rams are now 7-7 on the season. Titans beat the Lions, and Saints lose Actually, no, beat the Kansas City Chiefs in New Orleans. Uh, Atlanta upsets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Green Bay beats Carolina. Seattle beats Washington. Minnesota beats the Bears. Cardinals upset the Eagles. And Dallas beats the San Francisco 49ers. Then in this one, we got the LA Chargers versus the Broncos. Chargers get the win over the Broncos. Jets beat the Cleveland Browns, Las Vegas Raiders get the win over the Miami Dolphins. Pittsburgh Steelers get a big win over the Indianapolis Colts. Houston Texans beat the Bengals and the Bills beat the New England Patriots. Actually, no, we'll give the we'll give the Patriots that one. We'll give the Patriots that win there. Falcons lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Jacksonville Jaguars lose to the Chicago Bears. Bears move to 5-10 and 10 on the season. Ravens beat the New York Giants. And the Green Bay Packers beat the Tennessee Titans. Move on to the NFC games. The Saints beat the Minnesota Vikings. Cardinals beat the 49ers. They gave them fits last year. They actually get the dub over the Niners in this one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Detroit Lions. Redskins beat the Panthers. Seahawks beat the Rams. And the Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles to take first place in the NFC East. And then now week 17, Ravens beat the Bengals. Bills beat the Dolphins, move to 10-6, win the division. The Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers to move to 9-7. Kansas City Chiefs beat the LA Chargers. Colts beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Patriots beat the Jets. Houston Texans beat the Tennessee Titans, who had their playoff spot locked up. And the Denver Broncos beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Move over to the NFC. Packers at 10 and 5 right now lose to the Chicago Bears, who finished 10 at 6 and 10. Got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Atlanta Falcons. Philly beating the Redskins. The Giants beating the Dallas Cowboys, who had their playoff spot locked up, so they get a win there. Detroit Lions lose to the Minnesota Vikings. And the Carolina Panthers and the Saints. Carolina getting a win there over the Saints, the rest of their stars. So they won the division, had their spot locked up. San Francisco 49ers beat the Seahawks and the LA Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I'm going to go through this again, see if I want to adjust anything, see if I missed anything, or if I'm not liking what I'm seeing on a specific record prediction or whatever. So, week one, let's go through week one. Quietly go through week one. Oh, I, I like that. Week one is fine and dandy with me. Go over to week two. Got anything I want to mess up right here? Ones that I've thought about changing or might change? Um, no, not really anything there either. Week three? No, I don't think there's anything there either. We're pretty, we're looking pretty solid right now, if I do say so myself. Um, uh, anyone here? Colts, Bears, maybe. That one might be one I might change. But that's even a maybe. Other than that, no. Week four, through week four, I'm feeling fine. Not really wanting to change anything. The right now, no. Again, I'm feeling fairly confident with what I've got for this one. Move on to this one. Okay, yeah, that was my other one. I want to change. Giants beating the Washington Redskins. That it was at New York Giants. I should have just had the Giants beating them in the first place there anyway. So the Giants now have two wins on the season. I think they'll finish a little better than that. I want to give them at least three. Three or four wins is my target for the New York Giants as we stand right now. Other than that, nothing I'm really craving on changing here. I want to get the Ravens a little... I want to get them to 12-4, and four, but i got to figure out how I'm going to do that logistically here. People that want to go with the Dolphins being better than what they were last year. The Dolphins' schedule is not incredibly easy it's not the easiest guy might have them win against the rams here might have the bears upsetting the saints no the saints beat them there last year tampa bay versus the giants giants beat them in tampa last year see the thing the weird thing with tampa is we're judging it now with tom brady who won't throw as many interceptions as Jameis winston will or did so that's the thing it's going to be it's hard to judge on what the tampa bay buccaneers are going to do because they're just so much better in my opinion now 
because they're not going to get 30 interceptions. They're a good team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a terrible team. They just turned it over so much last year. Just a ridiculous amount that they turned it over last year. Uh, what do we got here? Any other ones that I, I, it's so hard for me to do this because now I'm I'm looking at records that I have and I'm not really liking all of the records that I gave certain teams. I'm wanting to adjust them, but the part the problem is I don't know where I want to adjust them at. So I think I don't think the Seahawks are go fourteen and two. I don't think that's happening. So I got to figure out where I wanted the Seahawks to lose, but I don't know where they're gonna lose. That's probably too generous at the start of the thing with the Seattle Seahawks, to be honest. You know what? Where was that? Um, week 7? Was that where it was? No. I'm going to make the New York Giants beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Actually, it's, I don't know. 3-13, and 13, I think, is fair for the New York Giants. So we'll keep them there. What do I think the Rams are going to do? Because I think the, the Dolphins will be better than what they were last year not that much better but better so keep moving on i think we're fine now i think that's i'm liking it more now but i think the Bengals will win more games than what they did last year let's look at what the bay let's look what i had the Bengals doing throughout the season versus the chargers chargers eight and eight i think that's fair for the chargers so i don't really think i'll have them losing there anything other other Bengals games they have them losing eagles yeah they'll lose that one uh Bengals, 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 Bengals. beat the jaguars yes i agree with that Lose the Ravens, yeah. Lose the Colts, yeah. Lose the, beat the Browns, eh, no. Let them lose that one. Titans, Titans have to go 8-8, eight and eight, or 9-7. and seven. It's just like, it's just what the Titans do. They just always go 8-8. Eight and eight. It's the, That's just what they do. I like the Bengals' weapons on the outside. That's the thing I like. I'm not a huge fan of their O-line, and I'm not a huge fan of their defense, but the Tennessee Titans have to go 9-7. and seven. It's a must. It's not something that I can control. It's not anything that I would I would choose. I just think that they are destined to always go nine and seven. They've gone nine and seven for the last four seasons. I don't think that's going to change here. And Ryan Tannehill had one of those Ryan Fitzpatrick years where he's going to just dom where he dominated, had a very good season, so people actually start thinking he's better than what he actually is. And that's a little smokescreen tactic that Ryan Fitzpatrick has mastered in his time in the NFL he has mastered that <laughs> so that's the Ryan Tannehill pretty much did last season mastered the art of masking how good I actually am which I've said this on my show before which is why it took so long for the the Dolphins to eventually get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Tannehill because they saw the potential that he had but it was just he just got hurt all the time, and now he's trying to ball out, prove that he deserves to be a starter in the NFL again. That's what it looks like he's doing. That's what he's doing right now. But do I really think the Patriots will finish six and ten? Or do I really think the Jets will finish six and ten? Jets won seven games last year. And I think they're better than what they are last year. But the Jets' schedule is not the easiest schedule in the world. I think they're a seven-win team, but I'm trying to figure out where I want to put that seventh win at. Where where are the Jets? Beat the Dolphins there? Yeah. Beat the Raiders? Yeah. Lose Seahawks? Yeah. 
the Ram lost the Rams. Then we got beat the Browns. Yeah. Patriots. <sighs> Jeez. This is the hard part. Because I want to get this exactly how I, I need one that I can look at and be proud of and go, yes, I am proud of that schedule. But I'm not looking at all of these things. I'm not very proud of any of my records that I have right now. I, actually, I take that back. I'm proud of this schedule, but I think there's some places that I really need to adjust. And with that being said, without just without with me just basically breathing into the microphone and not really saying anything, not giving any analyst analysis or anything like that, I'm just gonna take a break. And then when we come back, I will have fully what the what I think the records will be. I'll fully have that. I'll just adjust this schedule, uh, schedule accordingly, and we will have a full schedule for you. How exactly like, and we'll make even a draft order because this goes through the playoffs as well. So when we get back, I'll have a full record thing, and then we'll get the playoffs because again, seven playoff teams now. So we're gonna have that new playoff format. So stay tuned for that, which will be coming up right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back to the last about. 10 or so minutes of this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman show. I have finally gone through and picked out a schedule that I like the most. So here it is. Go through division by division, starting with the AFC North, South, East, West, as you know. So let's do this. Starting off with the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens finishing 12 and four in the regular season. Cleveland Browns nine and seven Pittsburgh Steelers, eight and eight and the Cincinnati Bengals five and 11 rounding out the AFC North. AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts finished 10 and 6. Tennessee Titans 9 and 7 for I think the 5th year in a row. The Houston Texans 6 and 10, but maybe 7 and 9, 8 and 8 around there. I do have them missing the playoffs regardless anyways. And the Jacksonville Jaguars at 3 and 13. In the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills finished 10 and 6, maybe pushing up to 11 and 5 maybe. There was a game where I had them losing, I believe. That I think I'm going, I might take back, which I didn't see because I wasn't looking for, I wasn't really, really looking to change the Bills' schedule that much. So I might have had a game in there where, no? So 10 and 6, maybe 11 and pushing up towards 11 and 5 is what I'm thinking right now. That is my prediction for the 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. Uh, the New England Patriots, 7 and 9, coming second in the division with the Jets tied with them at 7 and 9. The Dolphins, 6 and 10. In the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs, 13-3 with the best overall record in the AFC and in the league in general. The LA Chargers finished 8-8. Eight eight. Denver Broncos finished 8-8. Eight eight. The LA Las Vegas Raiders finished 5-11. So your playoff teams for the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs have that one seed. Ravens are the two seed. Buffalo Bills have the three. The Colts have the four. Tennessee has the five. Cleveland has the six. And our new seventh playoff team, the Los Angeles Chargers getting it over the Denver Broncos. Both finishing 8-8, eight eight, but the Chargers getting the big lead over them. And Broncos actually aren't even the next team that would be in the playoffs if it weren't the Chargers. It'd be the Pittsburgh Steelers. So those are your AFC playoff teams for the NFC. Starting off with the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers finishing 10-6. Winning the division, the Minnesota Vikings 9-7. Chicago Bears 6 and 10 and the Detroit Lions 5 and 11. For the NFC South, the St. New Orleans Saints 12 and 4, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 10 and 6, Atlanta Falcons 6 and 10 and the Carolina Panthers 4 and 12. In the NFC East, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at 10 and 6, Dallas Cowboys at 10 and 6 as well, but the Eagles getting the edge over the Cowboys for the division crown. 
New York Giants, I had them going up to 4-12, pushing up to 5-11 possibly, and Washington finishing 4-12 at the bottom of the division, but they could finish better as well. See how Dwayne Haskins does in his second year as the start of the Redskins. Their O-line is still not good, so that's my big issue there with the Redskins. And for the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers finished 12-4, tied with the Seahawks, and the Arizona Cardinals 9-7, and and the LA Rams 7-9. and So here is your NFC playoff picture. The NFC's got some good teams that are missing out on the playoffs, which is too bad for them. Uh, the number one seed is the New Orleans Saints at 12-4, and the number one overall seed in the, NF- the NFC, followed by the San Francisco 49ers at 12-4 and as well. The three seed in the NFC is the Green Bay Packers at 10-6, and followed by the Philadelphia Eagles at 10-6. and The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, actually, no, let's skip them real quick. The Seattle Seahawks had the fifth seed at 12-4. and Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the sixth seed at 10-6, and and the Dallas Cowboys are there at number seven, 10 and six. Minnesota Vikings sadly missing out on the playoffs. Them and the Cowboys could flip flop that last spot. I'm dead set on my top six teams. That seventh spot, I think, is between the Cowboys and Vikings. I think it's stuck between those two teams. So in our playoff picture, again with the seventh team, the one seed gets a first round bye. For the AFC, with the Colts versus the Titans in an AFC South matchup. Bills versus Browns, the most hard-pressed fans in the NFL, are playing each other first round. And we got the Ravens against the Chargers. For the NFC, we have the Philadelphia Eagles against Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay against Tampa Bay, and San Fran hosting the Dallas Cowboys. So starting off with the AFC, we're going to have the Indianapolis Colts, the edge over the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. The Bills get the edge over the Cleveland Browns, and the Ravens beat the LA Chargers to round out the AFC. For the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks get the win over the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly, much like last year, but this time it's a healthy Carson Wentz there. Close game. I'm going to go with the settle by a field goal by Seattle. Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. I'm going with Tampa Bay getting the dub over the Green Bay Packers. They got the talent to get there. Now let's see if they can get past somebody in the in the playoffs. And the San Francisco 49ers getting past the Dallas Cowboys in the first round. Going on to the next round, the Buffalo Bills going to the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens get the dub over the Baltimore, over the Buffalo Bills, and the Chiefs get the win over the Indianapolis Colts. For the NFC, the 49ers versus the Seahawks are going to give it to the Niners, and the Saints are going to get the dub over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in division matchups in that. 49ers versus the Seahawks, Saints versus the Buccaneers, going to give it to the higher seed, so both home teams move on. For both divisions. And for the AFC Championship game, we have the Chiefs against the Ravens. For the NFC, it's the Saints against the 49ers. Tough one here. Very, very tough one here. The 49ers hosted the Green Bay Packers last year in the NFC Championship game. The Chiefs hosted the Tennessee Titans. Two better teams they are playing this year in the Saints and the Baltimore Ravens. This is Drew Brees' last chance to get his second Super Bowl. So will he get the dub over the San Francisco 49ers? Will Lamar Jackson get the dub over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I am going to give it to the Baltimore Ravens. Their defense is too good. I love the Chiefs offense. Chiefs offense is unstoppable. Improved it last year. But I'm going to give the Ravens the edge in this game. I think they just got 
got in a weird situation last year against the Tennessee Titans. We'll see how they do this year in the playoffs. But I'm going to have the Ravens in the Super Bowl against the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees against... Actually, you know what? We're going to go to the 49ers again. 49ers versus Ravens in the Super Bowl rematch of the Super Bowl from years ago. And we are going to give it to the... We're stuck between the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. Who do we want to have come out on top now? We're going to go with... Oh, jeez. This makes it hard. Because if you on one hand, the, ball, the San Francisco 49ers have a very, very, very good defense. They got better this offseason and got weapons on the outside for Jimmy G. The Ravens have the best rush offense in the entire NFL. So as we stand right now, I'm going to give the Baltimore Ravens the Super Bowl. They have the best secondary in all of football, arguably, and have gotten much better on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they're going to walk away with the Lombardi Trophy this season. 49ers lose back-to-back Super Bowls. Not a very good look. They lost all the Super Bowls they played in the 21st century after never losing in the 20th century. But the Baltimore Ravens get the dub over the San Francisco 49ers there to wrap up the way-too-early 2021-2020-2021 NFL season predictions. Again, this could change very, very much come August. It's going to change rapidly. And... That's just what happens. It's we're it's way too early to do this, but we're gonna we did it anyway. So if, if the season ended like this, the top ten in the NFL draft would read as follows: Jacksonville Jaguars, Washington Redskins, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals, Las Vegas Raiders, Detroit Lions, Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears, and the Dolphins again because they have the Texans first round pick, and hopefully that is the end of the Bill O'Brien era in Houston. Deshaun Watson can actually have some fun out there in Houston. I think the weapons they got are not bad, but Brandon Cooks is contemplating retirement. Will Fuller always gets hurt, and Randall Cobb is on the wrong side of 30. So I just don't know how those weapons will work out for him, but only time will tell. Again, this could change drastically when the actual football season starts rearing its head. But that is what we have right now on the May 8th edition of the Way Too Early Predictions for the 2020-2021 NFL season. And with that, I'm going to sign off for for today on this beautiful Friday afternoon edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Hope you listen to the podcast. Also, watch the Taylor Luan interview we did. is on our YouTube channel, so go subscribe to the YouTube channel and go watch all the interviews and all the fun videos that we have on there. Go follow the social media accounts at the underscore LB underscore show. Follow my personal Twitter account, Logan underscore Blackman. Go follow the Facebook and Instagram pages, the Facebook page, is at 99 likes. We need one more like to get to 100. 99 likes. We just need one more. One more person. And I'll be extremely happy. 100 likes is what we're going for. So please, get us over the edge. Get us to the century mark. And with that being said, I'm going to sign off for today. And I will see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend. And peace. <laughs>